Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Tea with Kimberly. I am your host, Kimberly Bailey. My friends call me Kim. If you are indeed listening to this at this time, you are now a friend of the show. I am so excited about the next guest that we have featured today. And the reason why I'm excited is because she has become one of my favorite people. Whenever I am at a networking event or where there are lots of people, I look for her because she makes every place feel like home. And so I have become a fan of hers and I want you all to become a fan as well. So welcome to the show, Ms. Carolyn Michael Banks. She is the owner and founder of A Tour of Possibilities. And we'll call it a top, just so we don't have to always say a tour of possibility. So if you hear us say a top, that's what we mean. It is an African-American history sightseeing tour company located right here in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. The mission of a top is to share the historical and cultural gems that African-Americans have contributed to Memphis. And A Tour of Possibilities just celebrated their ninth anniversary in August, and they have been ranked the number one tour in Memphis, and they have also received Trip Advisor Certificate of Excellence for the last four years. So listen, we have a heavy hitter in the tourism space. Welcome to our show today, where we will talk about tech and tourism with my friend and my favorite, Miss Carolyn Michael Banks. Hey, lady. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What an intro. I had to put you on the on the payroll or something. That was really oh, no. thank you. No, thank you. And the thing is, what you just said, I didn't realize people call you Kim, who are your friend. I always called you Kimberly because I just see you just Kimberly. So, but whatever works, works. <laughs> Listen, I am so excited. Thank you for saying yes to this. You know that I am always starting something and I love that you are here at the beginning of this podcast journey with me. Listen, yes. I want you to tell us a little bit more about how a tour of possibilities came about and just, you know, what made you do this? Why a tourism um, company from Carolyn Michael Bank? Yeah, that's it's a great question because it's not something I woke up saying, gee, this is something I want to do when I grow up. It was not on my list. It was nowhere in my conversation. You know, back in the day, you were either going to be a doctor, lawyer or something. But believe me, tourism was never part of the conversation. And it became part of my conversation when I was on summer break. I went to school in Worcester, Massachusetts. And for summer, I went to visit my sister in Washington, D.C. And as I'm sitting in her house, I say to her, you know, I'm bored. I'm just absolutely bored. And she said, you do realize it's against the law. She was an attorney against the law to be bored in the nation's capital. Get out of my house, go downtown, go do something. I took a tour and it changed my life. Wow. This, the tour guide had so much fun. I had so much fun. And after the tour was over, I went up to him and I said, so how do I get a job like this? This just looks like so much fun. And he said, it's interesting that you asked because right over there, and he pointed at the Washington Monument. Do you see the woman standing there? I said, yes, that's the head of HR. You should go see her. I'm like, sure. I looked at his name tag and all the way over there, I kept praying, Lord, hope this guy is in good graces with the HR director. So I get to her and I say, hi, Jonathan sent me. And she said, 
Jonathan? And I'm trying to read her face. And I'm like, mm-hmm. She goes, great, let's go down to the office and fill in an application. And I started doing tours that summer, did tours the summer after that. And I really, I, I, my, my, my mission I thought on the planet was to be a social worker. So that my, my psychology degree and my social work, that's what I thought I was on the planet for. And once I started doing social work soon after graduation, I quickly realized that was not for me mm. because I was in the space of protective services. So my clients were babies, you mm -hmm. know, that were broken, battered and burned. And my spirit just, it just, I couldn't do it. And the hardest part was I was dealing with colleagues who were alcoholics and drug addicts, not my clients, my fellow coworkers, because everyone was trying to self-medicate. Wow. And I knew that was not the way I, it was a slippery slope. I mean, it was really easy to get into that because what we dealt with every day was really hard. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I moved back to DC and go back into tourism. And, and that's kind of how I almost got here. <laughs> wow. So how did you get to Memphis from DC? It was a man who put a ring on it. Hallelujah. Listen, okay. I, I, I can identify with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't come straight from DC. So the company I was working for relocated me from Washington to Savannah, Georgia, and then from Savannah, Georgia to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And that's where I met the man of my dreams. Yes. That is amazing. I love your story. I've heard your story, but I want the world to hear your story. And I think it's just fascinating how it found you. Yeah. You know, you weren't looking for it. You were just bored and you wanted something to do. And now it has become like your life's work. And I think that is amazing. And I think that's just sometimes how God works. He just has a way of being the great navigator of how our lives should go. So I definitely appreciate you sticking with that because Woo. you are the number one tour company in Memphis, right? So imagine that from just that one, one get thing. out of the house and go see DC to what you have made this become. Yeah. And so, you know, with tourism, you know, there's always some elements about it that can grow and that people can, you know, look into. And I've been doing a little reading as I prepare for our show and mm -hmm. I know that tourism has, you know, when the pandemic hit, some things changed and people mm. had to really, you know, navigate on how to keep those avenues going. And that's where technology really serves an area like this very well. And I can see that you do virtual tours. And so that really piqued my interest because that goes right in alignment with what we're talking about today, like how tech has really served you. So what made you do virtual tours or was that always a part of your business model? No, it really wasn't. COVID did a lot of things. And one of the things I say it did for me is it stretched me, but it didn't break me. Yes. And one of the first things that happened, and I can remember it like it was yesterday, March 13th, sitting in my office in tears, are falling out of my face because the word has come out that tourism is dead. It has mm -hmm. stopped. Don't know when it'll ever come back. And as I sat there, you know, trying to not completely bawl my eyes out, my mom, who uh, is no longer with us, who is often present no matter what, and mm -hmm. she simply said, daughter, what's the name of your company? You know, so I'm saying it in my head. She goes, say it out loud. I'm like, oh, my, please. So I said it, a tour of possibilities. She said, enough said, get busy. So the first thing that came about because of what was going on 
was to develop what I called the caravan tour, where mm -hmm. my guests would literally stay in their cars, follow the van through Memphis on a Zoom link. So they still had a chance to talk to the tour guide mm -hmm. and, and experience the tours if they were in the van, but they were only breathing on people who they knew. So that was the first time technology really shifted what I did. Okay. And that really kept me afloat uh, during the first year of COVID. And then within that time, the other thing that COVID did was to have me totally refocus who my target audience audience was. Mm -hmm. So primarily prior to that, you know, people coming in from around the world, but no one was traveling. <laughs> so I really shifted my focus to deal with those who were here. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got all the people in the city, I can almost guarantee had never taken a tour of their own hometown. Mm -hmm. So that's where that started. So my messaging changed and a lot of that changed, but the virtual tour also came into play because we had to figure out how to do this safely. Mm -hmm. So what I was able to create was a virtual tour in that I took photographs, I had video, I had music, and I was literally able to do a presentation in my office that could have gone anywhere around the world. So I was able to bring Memphis to the world without ever having to leave my house, which was really cool. Cause you know, you don't have to dress up, but anyway, it was just, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that happened during that period of time was I started shifting to look at businesses in Memphis. Because I know if people who were born and raised here never had a chance really to see their city. What about those who are employing people to serve those who work here? Mm. So I felt it was just the thing to do. And that was to introduce what I did to businesses because tourism and business usually don't really have any intersection. Mm -hmm. But what I was sharing with a lot of business owners was what would it be like if the people who work for you who work for the citizens of Memphis got to know their city other than what they see on the news every morning, afternoon, and evening. Wow. Yeah. So now what we're looking at is working with businesses for their orientation and onboarding process so that those who work for them can get a sense of, you know, what the city is about other than just going to work and going home because we get into our silos. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did that for the first 14 years I lived in Memphis. I knew this much about the city. I, when you want to talk about a learning curve, my sister, I'm talking about a learning curve. I knew very little. And you can live in a place and not know it at all. Mm. You know, I knew how to get to work. I knew how to get to church. I knew how to get to, you know, something downtown every once in a while. But I did not know this city. That is incredible. I, I did not know that. I did not know how you evolve and use technology to keep it going in the midst of so many things going on. When mm -hmm. the pandemic hit, I was the um, CIO for the city of Memphis. And oh. what I understood about that role at the time was that it was an opportunity. And we were able to do some things during that time period that we wouldn't have done. Mm had it just been normal. We were right. able to fast track some things. So I like how it just made you think outside of the box and keep it afloat. And just the caravan tours, who would have thought that I could follow you and be on a Zoom link and still get the same experience 
but be around the people where I felt safe around. And like you said, who I could breathe around. <laughs> but the thing I, I, I want to make sure I'm clear about that. Um, that was not like my idea. Okay. This, this was a result of something that had happened back in 2018. Mm -hmm. Toyota, uh, the car people, Mm -hmm. Every year they would go to a different city and it was called steeped in history. And what they would do is they would gather influencers from that city to take a tour of their own hometown. And I was blessed to be chosen to do that for Memphis. And okay. part of what Toyota did was they had, we had about 10, 10 influencers Mm -hmm. And everybody got a car for a week, which was really cool. But then the tour was based on having a signal that went through all the different cars. And I was in the lead car and they followed me through the city. That's where that came. Who would have known in 2018 that that would have been the, the, the seed that allowed that to happen in 2020? That is amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and what we have to know, we don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -mm. piggyback off of something that is already working and yes. make it work for us so I, I love that I love that idea so do you still so now that we have kind of transitioned out of this full pandemic even though they talk about some things are coming back how do you keep those same elements as a part of your business now so we're no longer offering the caravan tour at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to use it intermittently because we had more people than we could fit in my 10 passenger van and they still wanted to go. So we still work with it, but that's not part of our daily routine. Mm -hmm. But one of the other pieces of technology that I use is a GPS tracker in the van. Oh, absolutely. And, and at first I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like, no, because... The way things are, you have to be prepared for anything. And God forbid anything would happen to someone else. I have two other wonderful people who work with me in on the A-team, as I call it, the A-top team. But God forbid anything would happen. I would know how to get to them. Mm -hmm. You know, if for some reason their phone died, I'd still be able to know where they were. If something happened, I could still get to them. Yeah. And the other thing, how that works, if somebody calls and said, we're standing here, da 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 oh. Let me just check. I said, oh, she's right there. You should see a drug. Yeah, there she is. And so they're like, oh, wow, you know, yes. Yes, I know where that van is at all times, you know, and then just for safety purposes, you know, anybody try to do something crazy and take it on a joyride, I know where this thing is. Exactly. You know, I laugh now about GPS because I can remember printing out MapQuest maps oh, and, and yeah. driving and, and trusted that that map would get me wherever. And now I don't know how I would make it without my GPS. That's like the first thing I do because mm -hmm. it helps me navigate a lot better. I can get through the traffic that I don't want to be in quicker. Yes. I can, you know, just navigate. So I love that. I love that about your business. So when we're looking at, you know, where you are now, mm. um, where do you see it going? Like, how do you see it evolving based on when you started out in DC, tech wasn't a big deal, right? It was just the really the look and feel of tourism in its purity without yeah. all of those elements. Where do you see technology taking your business now as it continues to evolve? I've been looking at the possibilities because, you know, that's the word, that's the buzzword, um, uh, virtual reality. And yeah. I just think 
because because part of what I've always wanted to do was to be able to paint a picture because the thing about doing African-American history tours is a lot of the sites are no longer here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what if I could use the devices that are now available to show people what things looked like before and as they look right out the van, see what it looks like now and just kind of merge the two so they get a better understanding of what things were, how things are today, and then have them start thinking about what it's going to look like in the future. Because one of the reasons why I chose the name A Tour of Possibilities was because of simply the way I was raised. And I was raised to believe that all things were possible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times understanding what has happened in the past will really have you appreciate where things are today. So I'm thinking, wow, virtual reality. If I could show people what this used to look like and now look at where we are now and then have them start to think, gee, where can we go next? So that's that's on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot going on because <laughs> uh, that is truly a, a platform that will take some time and some cash. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm thinking about. And the other aspect of the business that's happening now is looking at taking ATOP global. Um, I've had a chance to, within the past nine months, visit Ghana in West Africa and South Africa. And I'm looking at figuring out how to bridge the gap between those here and the motherland. Mm. Because the other thing that's so clear is that our understanding of Africa is so limited. You know, I run into people who still think Africa is one country, you know, when it's a continent. And unfortunately, a lot of stuff of what we've been fed about the continent is that all the babies have flies on their face and there's nothing but poverty there. Mm. So I would love the opportunity to bring bring guests from the States to the motherland and have them experience what I experienced. Mm -hmm. So my first experience in, 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 in Ghana was when I was 14. None of this made sense on paper. Here I am in the Bronx on the sixth floor in the projects. And my mother comes in and says, you want to go to Africa? And I'm like, sure, mom, we'll go to Africa. We'll go to the moon. You know, we'll, we'll go to, we'll get around. And it wasn't that I didn't want to go. But I knew on paper that that just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And she just said, say yes or no, which my mother was great at that. Just choose. I'm like, yes, we'll go. And so I spent my 14th birthday in Ghana and we were there for a month. Again, that made no sense on paper either. But it transformed my life. And I know I sit where I sit today because of that experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just saying transformative experiences. So for for where ATOP is going, that's another element that I'm looking at, including to expand. And then we'll see where that goes. So what's very interesting to me about what you said, you were 14. Yeah. Um, and, you know, recognizing where we are in our city from an educational standpoint, I think the exposure is key. The more someone is exposed to something, the broader they see the world and they realize those opportunities that are there. Have you thought about how that could be brought into the schools where those kids maybe could see Africa through a virtual reality aspect and see it beyond, you know, what we actually, you know, hear about, which is not always completely true? I think that would be the best first step. And okay. then- there are entities out here that are bringing students to the motherland. Mm -hmm. So I would love, and not just for our students, I would love for adults mm -hmm. 
yes. to see the continent in a way that they cannot even envision because we don't see it like that all the time. Exactly. I, I, I'm talking about a place, Kim, as opposed to Kimberly, I'm just saying that, that there's this last experience in South Africa where I was on Table Mountain and I had a moment on that mountain and I talk to God a lot because I tell you what, entrepreneurship will have you talking to the Lord a lot. But I was on that mountain and I felt so connected to him. I felt I could hear him clearer than I'd ever heard him before. Mm -hmm. I had a sense of peace that I had never experienced before. Right. And I just, to have people have that, I just would love for more people to have that opportunity. Right. Yeah. I can see it. I can see you sending history classrooms to Africa and they're here. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're right there in the classroom and you are giving them that exposure and that experience of what is possible yes. beyond the classroom. And yeah. a lot of times because of just, you know, funds and how things are set up, we can't always go to it, but you have the perfect opportunity of bringing it to us because mm. what technology can do. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to how that will expand and how just opening the eyes of just everyone around us who don't really, you know, get to go outside of our surroundings, mm -hmm. you know, cause we do, we have people in our city who just never been outside of the city before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And outside think, neighborhoods. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's a very real thing that people do not get outside of their own neighborhoods. And you have the ability through technology and all of these avenues to bring just the, the, the world to uh, individuals. So I'm hoping that that just takes off for you and it becomes just a fantastic thing. And what you were saying before you mentioned entrepreneurship, and I know that that is not an easy journey. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, just your your evolution into that and how that looks and just share with someone who may be listening who is looking to be an entrepreneur or someone who may already be kind of what your journey is in that mm -hmm. well as I had mentioned at the beginning I had never like planned on doing this mm -hmm. entrepreneurship was not in my vision. Um, I was raised in a period of time where you got your degree and then you went to work and you stayed there and you, you know, you got your pension. I, but that's, that's how I was raised. So this opportunity came to me when I pretty much was told by the former CEO of the company I worked for that people would be just too uncomfortable with this black history stuff, hmm. too uncomfortable. So this is 1989. And what's so telling is that here we are in 2023 having this very same conversation. Because what happened was um, I became general manager of the DC operation for this national tour company. When I became the manager, I thought general manager, I thought I had some authority. So I added African-American history to the script. I thought that was the best thing since sliced bread. No other major company in DC had an inclusive tour, but my CEO was like, nah, people are just, they're just, he's getting calls. He was getting letters that people were uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and what was so interesting to him is that then, as I mentioned earlier, also they transport, not transported, but they relocated me to, 
to uh, Savannah, Georgia, and then Philly. So even though they didn't like the fact that I added African-American history, which I did in all those cities, they knew I was good at what I did. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, you've got to know your craft and you've got to be willing to do the work, even when there might be people telling you this may not work. And he told me that this was not going to work. And I just love the fact that I can't wait. I know where he is too, to, to let him know that it, uh, he was incorrect. Um, so the advice I would give is, and, and the blessing was that I had a chance to work in many different levels of the industry before I went out on my own. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I, I would clean our vehicles out. I mean, I went from selling tickets, everything I did, pretty much everything there was, not knowing that all of that was going to set me up to be able to start my own company. Who knew? I just did not know. And, and, and I would just say to those who are considering this journey, and I've been to a lot of classes. In fact, Memphis is great for resources. So they have all these free classes and I take any, every one I can. But the thing is, being an entrepreneur is more than just the product or service that you have. Because I could do tours with my eyes closed, to be honest with you. But it's the business side of the entrepreneurial journey that a lot of us have difficulties with because we've not had the classes. I didn't go for a, for a degree in business. I didn't, none of that. I thought I was a psych and sales major. So the thing is to really understand the business aspect of this, you know, because you can easily go out of business just because you're not aware. Exactly. What you don't know in this journey will take you under. Yes. And there's a group, I don't know if you've heard of them, NABO, the National Association. Of, yeah, of course you do. We were at a meeting together, National mm -hmm. Association yeah. of Women Business Owners. And I went through one of their accelerated classes and part of it was to share our, um, share our finances, mm -hmm. which was really painful because you can't fake numbers. I mean, you could tell people all, oh, I'm doing great. You show your numbers. And they're like, mm. so I did that. And the facilitators were like, we need to meet like yesterday. Because mm -hmm. Kim, I didn't know I was on my way under. Mm. You know, I had my QuickBooks set up. I was putting all the, you know, I thought I was just doing it right. But when you don't know what you're looking at, mm -hmm. your doors will close and you're still in shock. So they sat and told me what they saw. And I cried in Panera Bread as we ate. <laughs> I mean, I was crying a big, nasty, snotty kind of, but, but, but it was my baby that was telling, mean, they were telling me my baby was dying. Mm, yeah. But the blessing there was they didn't just tell me my baby was dying. They told me how to resuscitate it if I chose to do so. So I had to make some changes quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm still here today. Partially, that's why I'm still here today. That's excellent. And so what I'm hearing from that is that you have to be willing to be transparent if you want to get help and you want people to um, show you how to navigate in that space. Transparency yeah. is key because if you're not willing to open up and talk about it, then you may not have received all of the valuable information that was given. So yeah. you know, shout out to you for just being brave enough to say, this is what it is. And, and it was painful. I'm telling pain. It was painful. My husband came home. He said, what's going on? Because I was still crying. I couldn't stop crying. Right. And I found out that that uh, my child may have issues and uh, I need to resuscitate. So, yeah. Wow. And, you know, something interesting about just this 
African-American history journey right now. Um, You know, we know what's going on in the world about, you know, kind of not wanting to get that type of information out to, um, especially in our school systems and things of that nature. Um, A couple years ago, I was challenged with, I was on a speaking panel and they were talking about uh, women in justice. And they asked us, you know, after the panel, what would we do <clears throat> to help, you know, educate our kids? And the first thing I thought about was doing a coloring book. Mm-hmm. And what I did, it was because I had my nephew, it, he was, I think, two or three at the time. And he was in a daycare and they did Black history every week. Mm. And I thought it was really cool that he was that young and he knew more about Black history than I did. And so... I embarked upon this journey of doing these coloring books and um, I would do coloring parties with kids mm. and color and read and we would talk about being a leader. And so with things, the way things are going on now and with the amazing information that you have, how do you feel the how people want to stop that knowledge affects your business or how do you get over that barrier of people not really wanting us to share that information. I actually think I was, or my business was made for a time such as this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I have some people who will join me on tour specifically because they know they don't know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that when I, when I developed my website was to make sure that there was no misunderstanding of what it is and what I did. I didn't want anybody getting on my tour, not understanding that because I don't have time for those who are not ready for the conversation. No time at all. So I know that when people do book the tour, they're booking it very intentionally. This is not, oh, I just want to see Memphis. No, you will see Memphis through an African-American historical lens. And I know that what I do is not on the traditional tours. How do I know that? One of the first things I did when I came to Memphis was to take the tours, just because no matter where I go, tours are us, you know? And and I really believe that because of how now things are being legislated to make sure that we don't know it, mm-hmm. what we do at ATOP is more important now than it was even before that. And it really boggles the mind when you think about laws that'll be in place to make sure you don't learn something. And what has been difficult for me is trying to understand why there isn't more of an outrage. I just don't see the outrage. But when someone tells you, we don't want you to know something, that should be a huge red flag. Why don't they want us to know? Because if we knew I think we would all stand differently in the space that we have. Mm -hmm. If we knew that those who came before us went through what they went through, but knowing that they went through it to make sure we could stand in the space that we have now to do what we want to do. If you are operating out of a vacuum that you think we just all woke up and everything, you know, has been wonderful, you don't understand. And so I do understand why people feel a certain way about things. And it's often because they don't know what happened before. Mm -hmm. They just don't. And it's time. And nothing, truth can never be hidden forever. Never. Mm -hmm. So with all the laws, with all this stuff going on, the fact that those who are working so hard to make sure you don't know something, it's coming up. And it's going to come up in a way that they have not imagined. Mm -hmm. And I want to part of that mission. 
And you know, and, and technology will definitely help you spread that word because it gives you feet in places that you may not get to go. That is one thing that I can appreciate about being in this field for so long, for 28 years, that mm. it gives you legs to go where you don't necessarily have to be there physically. You mm -hmm. can always bring that information. So I, I can see what you're doing as transformational. Mm. And it's going to touch some people that um, just had no idea. So being that you are into history, do you read a lot? I, you know what I've started to do? Mm -hmm. I've started to do more audiobooks. That I That's used. my favorite. That's why you're my favorite, right? <laughs> and so when I'm in the car, you know, and even when I choose to just, just want to sit back, I just love to put my headset on and just listen. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing growing up as a kid, I was read to a lot. Mm. So it, it kind of is a very comforting thing mm -hmm. uh, for me to hear someone reading to me. Yeah. Plus I'm very visual. So when I'm hearing it, I can see the story and that just has a, a, a tremendous impact on me. Wow. So what's the last audio book that you listened to? The one I just finished yesterday was mm -hmm. Do It Afraid by Joyce Meyer. I love that. Do you listen on Audible? Yeah. That, that's my favorite. See? Yep. It's, see? Tech is amazing, right? <laughs> this, you... I, and phew, I needed that book more than I knew mm -hmm. because I am, you know, now going in a different direction than I had been in the past, you know, eight, nine years. And I felt it coming up, that thing that that's real called fear mm -hmm. and hearing Joyce say repeatedly, just do it afraid. Mm -hmm. Just do it afraid because I have a tendency, not that I'm a perfectionist, but I do believe in preparing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then you have to get to a point where you need to just do it, yeah. You know, and do yeah. it afraid. So can I be really transparent? So this is a when safe you, place. When you asked me to do this with you, as mm -hmm. and you know, I love you dearly. There is still that part of me that has the conversation. Oh my gosh, what is she going to ask me? Oh my gosh, I hope this goes well. Oh my gosh. And then just yesterday, as I said, as I finished the, the book, it was like, and do it afraid. So I was going to do it just because of my love and respect for you. But the fact that there have been opportunities that have come my way simply because I did do it afraid. And yeah. I've had a lot of different things I've had to do afraid. Yeah. But what's on the other side of that is so amazing. And I don't know if you do this, Kim, but I journal. And the thing about journaling, when you go back and you read some stuff, I mean, I will literally say, I'm scared to death about this. And then I'll keep reading and they'll go, but it was so wonderful, you know, and you talk about having the Holy Ghost dance party. I'm like, Lord, you showed up again okay. because there are times I've put, I've been put in places where it's, it's intimidating, mm -hmm. but I say, God, just speak through me. Cause you know, I often get all up in the way. And, you know, once I make way for him and I do this like for every tour, mm -hmm. people are like, well, I still get nervous. Maybe nervous is not the word. I, do, I get something every time I do a tour, not like I've never done it before, mm -hmm. but I want to do it well. And, and I had a mentor who said, if you don't have a little nervousness, that's yeah. when you should be concerned. 
that little bit of nervousness will give you just the edge you need mm -hmm. to do your best. Okay. Once you get real comfortable, sit back, I got this and da, 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 da. Yeah, I've done this a hundred times. No, no. Mm -hmm. So the one lesson I learned the very first time I started doing tours was back in DC. And, and one of the uh, instructors was like, give this tour as it's as if it will be the last tour you ever gave. And that'll be what people remember you by. So every single tour, that's that's what I bring to it. Cause I don't know, no one knows no one whether knows. or not I'll ever have a chance to do another. Exactly. And so I, I've said this on a couple of podcasts before. Um, a, a good friend of mine told me it's either one day or day one. And so which are you gonna pick? Are you going to do it one day or is this going to be your day one? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I do agree that we have to do some things afraid. And there is always a little bit of nervousness, no mm -hmm. matter what you do, if you want to do something well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. I can appreciate how fear has pushed you forward because that has allowed us to cross paths. And I tell you, like I said at the beginning, I look for you everywhere I go <laughs> because it just feels like home. And um, I am just, you know, just so impressed with your business. And I hope everyone who listens and runs across this podcast will connect with a tour of possibilities in some way, whether you're in Memphis and you want to take the tour, if you're virtual and you are in another city, another country, if you have, you know, in a new hire experience and you're bringing in employees and what better way to introduce a new employee to a new experience than by giving them a tour of the landscape of the place where they will serve as an employee. Mm -hmm. So I, I think all of it is so amazing. So we're moving into a segment of uh, the show that I call Forward Ever, Backward Never. And that thing came from my very first pastor. I grew up in a church and that was our motto. And I try to do things that way. I try to remember forward ever, backward never. So for forward ever with you, what are you moving towards? Or what's next just for you, for your business? So I will be within the next three to five years mm -hmm. selling my business. So I'm okay. working on my exit strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of that strategy is to build the company with as much value as possible so that I don't have to really search for anyone. They'll be banging on my door. Can I buy this? Can I buy this? Um, which is really a whole different thing because the one thing about being on the planet is again, not knowing how long you have. And I just want to make sure that I, I do this the right way. And because this is my child, I have no children. So I just want to make sure that I can uh, pass this on to someone else. Mm -hmm. So going forward, it's just really hunkering down and, and making sure that this is the best that I can make it so that whoever purchases it from me can then go to the very next level. And I know there are other levels that I can't even see. Right. And that's one thing about, you know, leaving a legacy that someone can take that and go and do something else. So I can't wait to see what the next person has in store. But my mission is to make sure that when I'm ready to go, I can go, number one. And number two, that it's set the way I want it to be set for someone else to take it over. Excellent. Okay. I love your forward ever. 
I love it. I love it that it's about legacy, no matter what that means. Um, so I like that. What about backward never? What is it that you would just never do again? I would never take my health for granted. Because wow. I have been through, oh, something happened at 65. You know, and I always say it's just a number, but I'm just telling you 65, something heard it and started acting really crazy. So, but it, but as my doctor would say, well, you know, Carolyn, this didn't just happen overnight. I'm like, yeah, I know. So if, if I could go back and redo, there would be ways I would have taken care of myself better mm -hmm. so that now wouldn't be as challenging because I have some serious challenges now. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be it. Health, health, you know, they say health is well, it is true. Mm -hmm. No matter how much money you have, you, there's a lot of stuff they can't do for you. Exactly. You know, everything is, 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 is based on what, you know, what your body is ready for. And I still have a lot I want to do. So mm -hmm. I'm now trying to, you know, get it right. But yeah, no, health would be it. I can agree with that because I can remember sitting in a role that was very demanding, very demanding leadership role. And I sat at the desk one day and I broke out in hives mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, I There would be days where I would have just heart palpitations. Mm -hmm. I would be sitting at the desk and my chest would start hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, I would get migraines. I would do all of these things and I would just push through and, you know, just kind of push it aside, trying to make it work you know, and do be show up as the best employee that I could. And it was not good for my health. And um, one thing I know about God, he is so smart and strategic that if you don't close a door, he will close one for you, especially if he has more for you to do. Yeah. Um, my, my assignment was not to end at that desk. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't listen, it could have, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I like how he just looks down because all we can see is straight. And right. so it, it just makes sense. So I can definitely agree that sacrificing your health is never worth the price that you think it will, you know, be. Yep. Never worth the price. So I can appreciate you now saying this is my focus and I just want to be an amazing Carolyn Michael Banks for as long as I can be. And so I'm going to put my health in, you know, as a priority. So thank you for doing that. Um, this has been great. And I thank you so much for saying yes to me. And I just want our listeners to know how to keep in touch with you. Like, how do they get in touch with you? Best way would be to go to the website, which is atopmemphis.com, atopmemphis.com. And I'm also on Instagram, atopmemphis. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can go to either my personal page, Carolyn Michael Banks, or to go to a tour of possibilities mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. And those are really the best ways to, to contact me and would love people to say, guess where I heard about you? I heard you on Kimberly's show. You yes, know, right. I would love to know that. So I could like, yeah, see? And, and that would be wonderful. But yeah, to, to do it that way would probably be the best. 
Okay. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today before we wrap it up? That I am so proud of you. Oh. And I want you to hear it and take it in because choosing different paths, that's mm. something. Right. And, and you have stepped out and you have stepped up. And I know it has not been easy, but that's who we are. See, and, and you are a perfect example. When I talk about possibilities, you are an example of that. And for those listening, I'm telling you, if you have a thought, a desire, first of all, open yourself up because my God, I don't know who's you got, but my God is amazing. And he will put some people in your path because how we met was nothing but God. I mean, nothing sat next to each other at an event. That was it. Mm -hmm. As if we knew each other for years. Yeah. 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 So just, just be, be open, be ready and do it afraid. Right. So I'm going to end before my eyes start sweating because <laughs> you will get to me, but I love it. And I will still look for you everywhere I go. And um, I just, I just see amazing things. I see whatever you do with your business is becoming just even bigger and bigger. And thank you for what you do for this great city of Memphis. We need it. And we appreciate it. If you haven't heard it, it's appreciated. And keep up the great work. And thank you so much. And so this wraps up this edition of the Tech Tea with Kimberly with my amazing guest, Carolyn Michael Banks, with a tour of possibilities. Again, one of my favorite people. If you're listening, please make sure you take a tour, however you can, whether virtually which is, you know, my tech favorite, or in person so that you can meet this amazing lady. And no matter what happens in life, make sure you always Kim. That means keep it moving. Cheers. <laughs>